space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Welcome, everyone, to the Frustrated Fans, where we're venting frustrations one franchise at a time. I'm Jeremy. I'm Pete. And I still hate Resurrection F. I know. I know. They're there. <laughs> but to soothe your pain, we decided to go back to our roots and just do an episode of Star Trek. And thankfully, we picked a really good episode of Star Trek, rather than... Uh, Justice. Justice, or... Oh, God. Or and A Night in Sick Bay. <laughs> or yes. or a night. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. Enterprise is your bane at times. Or, or there, there's always the worst uh, Voyager episode of all time. The one where they become Thresh. giant lizards. Yep. God, why do I know that? <laughs> Threshold. All right. So, uh, mostly because we just kind of want to go back to basics, and I'm in grad school. We're just going to keep this a quick and short episode, not blather on for two hours. So, have we ever breached the two-hour mark? Uh, I think we did. Let me see. If we didn't, I know we. I know the um, Star Trek Into Darkness one oh, got God. close. <laughs> Let's see. Did we ever hit two? I want to say now. Did we ever hit two? No, but Star Trek Into Darkness clocks in at one hour fifty-eight minutes and nineteen seconds. It, it, it is our. Yeah. It is our longest one. No surprise, our one of our Gargoyles episodes is the second longest. <laughs> Never again am I ever going to do a, a plot line that long. <laughs> I think that was the second Gargoyles one. Yeah, it was the second Gargoyles episode. Yeah. I'm not surprised it was that long. But I know um, two of our guests, Alex and uh, Joseph, have expressed interest at getting in a second crack into darkness, but that may be for another day. Yeah, I, I, we might want to let them do it. <laughs> All right, so we actually went back to the original series for this. Yay! And it's all its campy glory. Yay! So we're doing from the first season, episode 17, what's called The Squire of Gothos. Yep. It's directed by Don McDougall, written by Paul Schneider. Had featured music by Alexander Courage. Uh, that is an awesome last name, by the way. Yes, it is. Um, I hope he... I was going to make a Courage the Cowardly joke, dog joke, but I can't. Uh, something's <laughs> coming. Um, so, the cinematography was by Jerry Finnan, and the original air date was January 12th, 1967. Holy crap. Yep. This is old. Yeah. More than 50? No, no, not quite 50 years. Almost 50 years, yeah, and actually, I believe next year is the 50th anniversary of the franchise. Neat. Which means also next year is when the new Star Trek Three comes out. Uh-huh. We're going to have to cover that. We may, like a like a live resp- response like we did for uh, Resurrection F? Yeah. Okay, which, let's plan on it. Yep, which hopefully uh, reactions are much better. <laughs> let's hope we don't, let's... Well, J.J. Abrams every- isn't directing this time. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it, but I, I have to say this: it can't be worse than Into Darkness. It can't. I'm willing it to be better than Into Darkness. Well, uh, you may have just jinxed us. You know that, right? 
We're screwed. Yes, we are. Um, to be fair, J.J. Abrams is concentrating on Star Wars 7, which, I'll be honest, um, yeah, looks awesome. So, that's just my two cents on that, though. Like everyone else on the internet, I think I, I had a very primal reaction watching the trailer, and I scared the hell out of my dog with the squee of joy I made. I actually just saw the trailer for the first time on Sunday. I saw Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the trailers. It didn't do anything for me. Granted, as I said, episode three basically raped and murdered my interest in the Star Trek uh, Star Wars franchise. Yeah. So you know, I mean, it was it double tapped it in the back of the head, pushed it in the pool, and then sealed the pool with concrete. Noted. <laughs> so we had a couple of special uh, we had noted guest actors on this episode. William Campbell, no relation to the Almighty Bruce. Unfortunately, um, was the though so he does have a, a boomstick at one point. Yes, he does. So um, uh, he plays the uh, Eponomius Trelane. Well, plays Trelane, the Squire of Gothos, and um, returned to the franchise twice more, um, both as a Kl- as a Klingon as Koloth. Yep. He was in the original series, and he appears in an episode of Deep Space Nine as the same character. Mm-hmm. Very good episode, by the way, Blood Oath. So, the other, uh, and then there's three other small uh, parts, guest stars. Uh, Richard Kylo playing geophysicist Carl Yeager, Michael Baird, Lieutenant DeSalle, and Anthony Wolfe playing Yeoman Teresa Ross. So... Before we get into the meat of the episode, just a brief retouch. What is our experience with this series, Jeremy? Well, I originally watched it. Well, original when series, I was not the, yeah. the franchise in general. Oh yeah, no. The original series, I used to watch it with my dad when I was like three or four, um, long time ago, and so I, it's the series I have the least knowledge of because I haven't gone back and really watched a lot of it. I mean, I've rewatched key episodes. I've rewatched the original pilot that didn't have Kirk. I rewatched the one with Kirk. I've seen, of course, Trouble with Tribbles, which is just so much fun. Um, and, of course, Space Seed. Oh, yeah. I do need to go back and watch some of the more icon- other iconic ones, like The Naked Time. Um, um, there's also the like, Pond Far episode, which is actually pretty good. Well, I have, I have seen that one, okay. yes. That one was good. Uh, I do need to also watch The City on the Edge of Forever, because I hear that's a very good, a very good two-parter. Okay. Uh, though I have seen the original six films, I don't even know how many times. Though I've seen two through six way more times than one, because one just puts me to sleep. One puts a lot of us to sleep. Yeah. I, I think my favorite um, nickname for it is Star Trek The Slow Motion Picture. Yep. Or Star Trek The Motionless Picture. <laughs> For me, and yeah, I, I only caught the actual series in the last actual couple of years with the advent of Netflix, but for the most part, I grew up with those six films, except five. I still have not seen five. I have no plans on it. Um, we need to cover it for the podcast no. at some point. And when I directed Star Trek V, I got a magnificent performance out of me because I respected me so much. I love five. <laughs> I may sure be the only do. one. Um, I love that movie, I, but I love it ironically. Well, that was my introduction to the characters, and I probably watched four more than anybody else growing up, any of the others growing up. Um, so I definitely knew these characters, but nothing prepared me for um, how uh, 
frugal the budgets tended to be for this show. <laughs> now, for for this episode, did you watch the remastered version or the original version? Are you sure the original version that was on Netflix? Okay. Put the re- I don't think they put the remastered ones up there. I honestly don't know. Okay. Uh, well, if it had new effects, that means it was the remastered version. Pretty sure that's the original. Okay. Yeah, I watched the original, and I actually started re-watching it, uh, the remastered version, a little bit. And, yeah, the remastered version of Star Trek is very interesting to watch, because it's still the old sets and everything, but with completely new effects, like a CGI Enterprise and stuff like that. Yeah, they're doing the same for Next Generation as well. Oh, yeah, I need to... I would actually like to see some of that, very especially the Yeah, I'll bet it is. So. I think I might... You know what? No, I did watch the remastered version of... Um, Oh, God. The the first episode with the boar. Q-Who, right? Yeah, so... No, the, uh, this show definitely um, ran on an interesting budget, which I'm assuming everything was very expensive for the time, too. Well, what did well, Futurama put it? So many cardboard sets, so many memories. Whoa, what a cheesy effect! I'm, I'm not, not an, an effect! effect. <laughs> yes, uh, oh, we will... Uh, Definitely be covering some Futurama. Uh, you know what? Let's take our first break before we really dive into the episode. Yeah. Well, I did so want to make you feel at home. I, I'm quite proud of the detail. General Trelane. Retired, sir. Just Squire Trelane now. And you may call me Squire. Yes, I rather fancy that. And we're back! So, the Squire of Gothos, or as I think we're going to be calling it, the pre-Q of Gothos. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. Wink, wink, which no one can see me winking. In no, podcasts. Can't. In podcasts, no one can see you wink. Save it for the next alien uh, alien entry we cover. Oh, that's a reference to Alien? Yeah, the original tagline for the original Alien is no one in space, no one can hear you scream. Oh, I didn't know that's where it came from. Yeah. Oh, I've heard that. I've heard that like a million times in pop culture. So, yeah. I just never knew that's where that came from. Mm-hmm. Can you tell? I've never seen the Alien movies. So, isn't it? Yeah, you sad? play an Alien game. So, uh, isn't that my only real experience with that franchise? Is that piece of garbage game we played? Yes, because the first two are, movies are actually very good. So. Oh. That's all right. My only experience with Predator is short, is temporarily playing the Alien vs. Predator video game, so there you go. <sighs> oh, wow. I forget how little you've se- stuff you've seen out there. Anyway, uh, we're getting off topic. All right, so this episode starts off with the Enterprise en route to settle some trade dispute or deal with people that obviously can't handle stuff themselves, so Kirk is there to the rescue! Except... They, then they pass by on previously uncharted planet, and when Kirk says go around, Sulu can't, uh, even though he's not Sulu trying to. Sulu has like a little, and then just kind of jump cups out of the ship. Yep. <laughs> and then Kirk follows right behind. Yep. <laughs> you you know a show has a limited budget or limited effects when teleporting someone is done with all of a sudden, they're just not there anymore because they turned the camera off for a second. Well, to be fair, they were taking their cues from um, uh, Bewitched. So, 
Oh yeah, that's <laughs> true. We uh so everyone is uh, notably like, what the hell? Yeah, they start getting strange messages such as salutations. Yes, in <laughs> and it's written in a flowing script. Yeah. So and Spock raises his eyebrow as he is wont to do. Yep, so Spock takes over the, uh, Enterprise since he's first officer, and they try and figure it out. And on this planet, which I I, I kind of gathered it was supposed to be like Venus-like, you know, kind of very poisonous. Yeah, in the um, remastered version, actually, instead of the planet being all red, it's all like brown and gaseous looking. Okay. So, uh, yeah, they find this one little spot of habit of habitable space. How convenient! So they beam down a crew with McCoy leading and two crew members who are experts in uh, geology and well, whatever the other one was. And not one of them has a red shirt. I know. It's 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 amazing. I'm scared. I'm surprised. I mean, and as I mean, we're gonna learn. We're gonna find out. There's a super powerful being. I mean. How? What is he going to do to prove the situation is serious? You doubt my power? I do. They'll have to do something creative. Wow. Yeah, spoilers, folks. No redshirt dies in this episode. Uh, it's an anomaly. Yeah. I mean, shoot, even Next Generation killed off a redshirt once or twice when they needed to prove the situation serious. Yep. Hmm, now would be a good time to learn about death by killing one of you. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Motherfucker! So they, McCoy and his and his two people find a house with a fr- frozen Kirk and Sulu trapped in green light. Yeah, that's the effect they went through. They're just trapped under a green light. Okay, and a man named Trelane, well, General Train, now retired, so Squire Trelane, introduces himself and welcomes them to his humble's home. Train Lane comments on how Kirk and Sulu are very nice showpieces, but he'll release them because he's a nice guy. Comments he's been studying Earth culture, though he's a little out of date. Few, just, just a tiny bit. A few centuries at least. Yeah. He apparently has, I won't say omnipotent powers, but... Uh, no. Which, they do point that out pretty quickly. They're like, he's not, he doesn't have a limited power. He can create things, but he can't create the substance behind them. Right. But they say, like, he has a, there's a fire going, but there's no heat coming off of it. And when they later start eating his food and drinking his wine, there's no taste. Yep. So. He doesn't. So they find out he is fallible. Yes. He doesn't attack the crew, but he won't, he doesn't let them leave right away because he's fascinated with them. He likes the idea of military men. Wow, that that came out very wrong. <laughs> You're gonna add it to K. Oh my, there, aren't you? Possibly. <laughs> oh gosh, either actually, I was thinking of just throwing in. Join your fellow man in the navy. <laughs> that would work too. <laughs> so, <laughs> Spock, being the uh, awesome genius that he is. Finds a way to teleport the uh, away team back up to the ship. Crane's like, yeah, nobody's got time for that, and pulls everybody on the bridge back down. Yep. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 come back here. You're mine now. 
So he also takes back Spock Uhura and Yeoman Ross, who's just the random person on giving the captain his captain's log duty today, I guess. Um. <laughs> no. <laughs> Granted, he might be giving his captain's log no, to no, her no, later no. on. Stop. Good night, everybody. No, no, no. I'm going there. Thank you. It's too easy, and you know it. No, oh, that yeah. could be a challenge. This is true. Okay. So, Trillane doesn't like Spock because he has no emotions, and he can't get a rise out of him. Hmm. Starting to see some similarities now. Yep. Between him and Q. So... Spoilers! <laughs> so, his powers seem omnipotent because he can just snap his fingers or, like, wiggle his nose or do whatever, you know, cliched, does a little up thing, and then all of a sudden, things appear. Like, he creates a ballroom dress My for God, Yeoman Ross. got the power of jump cut. <laughs> he should team up with the villain from Red Sonia. <laughs> that may be so, a move we need to do someday. I think so. so. Kirk and company, though, suspect that his powers come from a device, some sort of machine, because... They don't believe he could be doing, you know, they don't believe in magic. <laughs> so, they manage to trick, uh, Kirk challenges Trelane to a duel with pistols, and Trelane's very happy about this. He's like, ooh, killing people! Hooray! And, and then once again, no red shirts are shot on accident or blown up, and there are actually no red shirts even on the surface. So Kirk, uh, so Kirk uses his shot to destroy the mirror that's supposedly the device. Which, there actually is a device behind it. Yeah. So good on Kirk. But then they, when they try to flee in the Enterprise, suddenly the planet appears in front of them. And when they turn around, it appears in front of them again. I, okay, I, I gotta admit, playing tag with someone, using the entire planet, that's very creative. Mm-hmm. So Kirk, being the awesome badass that he is, still thinks Trelane is just a trickster and goes, all right, I'll face you in a hunt as long as you let the rest of my crew go, because James Kirk is awesome. And this is definitely a reference to the most dangerous game, if I had to guess. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, hunting Man. It's it's an old short story came out that came out in the twenties, where uh, where a, uh, a guy he's he's shipwrecked on an island, who belongs to this super rich old hunter dude who agrees to let him off the island if if he can survive being hunted. Oh, alrighty yep. then. So Kirk actually Kirk goes up against him and actually eats him multiple times. Although Trillian keeps cheating. To, this is true. And including just creating cage doors around Kirk. Yeah. And fi finally he actually has him cornered, but Kirk doesn't relent to him and keeps standing up to him. And Trelane starts acting like a little child. Hmm. Funny that. And then suddenly two really weird-looking special effects. I mean, uh, super powerful beings appear. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, they reveal that Trelane is a child. Did I mention that the monster is a ten-year-old boy? Quite a twist, huh? Bet you didn't see that one coming. 
Funny that. But a child with superpowers. Wow. Hmm. Uh, that could be bad. Yeah. And so Trelane, like a child, starts throwing a hissy fit and then disappears. And the parents of him apologize to Kirk and goes like, sorry, Mr. Little Ant, compared to us, uh, don't worry, we'll, we'll let you go back to your little ship now. And at the very end, when Spock asks Kirk how they should classify Trelane, Kirk says he was a small boy, a very naughty one at that. So, I mean, it's a... The episode, that's just the episode, but that the episode isn't... It's okay. It's definitely good. I would argue pacing is a little off. It seems to stretch on a little bit longer than it feels like it should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, overall, it's a fun episode. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I started even rewatching it again. Mm-hmm. Just because so, I really enjoyed it. And obviously, where we're going with this um, is that this character was more than likely a inspiration for another, much more iconic character that would come in the next generation. But do we need to take a break before we go into that? Yeah, we'll cover that character right after we take our break. Yeah, but you always stop me when I'm having fun. You're disobedient and cruel. We've told you before. Time to come in now, Trelane. But I don't want to come in, and I won't. I'm a general, and I won't listen to you. Enough, Trelane. Come along. But why? I didn't do anything wrong. I was just playing. Cue! Cue the liar! Not a bad version of Picard, I'll grant you. But yes, you hasn't already been obvious, and you've been paying attention. Yes, we are referring to Q. The yep. omnipotent, not so much villain, but definitely a recurring character in The Next Generation, with one appearance yep. in DS9 and several in Voyager. Yep. So, I did. he never appeared in Enterprise, right? No, he didn't. That oh god, that would have been fun. Oh my god, that would have been so much fun. Well, probably could have added a little bit more levity to that series. Yeah. Oh man, that would have been great him showing up there. But I mean, granted, that also would have caused like you know, well, he could have just wiped all our memories. But I was gonna say it could have caused continuity issues because nobody ever would have known of him until right next generation. But it still would have been so much fun to see him picking on that crew. Yeah, yes, it would. My God. <laughs> so, yeah, Q in the next generation, first introduced in the next generation, he in the, actually in the very pilot episode, uh, Encounter at Four Point, he, it first appears a villain. Uh, yeah. He's this, quote, judge of humanity. He's on trial for being human? And I don't think we're... Yeah. I don't think we're given them a uh, we're given a reason why they're on trial. Maybe it's like they're growing too. He sees them as dangerous and growing too quickly. Right. I think that was one of the reasons yeah, of it. And so but, at the very at the very end of the show, well, it's also at the end of the episode, he's watching to see if they pass his test rather than just shooting at the alien monster. They use their brains and figure it out, and he's actually impressed by them. Right. So. Q, in his own way, is just one of those iconic characters played by John Delancey, who is always fun when he shows up into things. Yep, even in the weaker even in the weaker Q episodes, he is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. So the, he while he always brings a sense of humor to every episode he's in, he can be very funny. Whether it's asking Worf if he's eaten any good books, 
<laughs> or and there's he gets into a boxing match with Cisco. You hit me. Picard never hit me. I'm not Picard. Indeed not. You're much easier to provoke. Oh my god, that was great. Or try to <laughs> seduce, seduce Janeway. Mm-hmm. Is it the tattoo? Because mine's bigger! <laughs> um, every time he shows up in any of the series, though, there's a definite tension. Because when Q shows up, well, shit's about to get real. Yeah, they, they never know what's going to happen whenever he's there. Because you're literally dealing with a being who, one, A, believes himself above regular human stand- moral standards, and two, is near omnipotent. Yeah. Which I do like there's a moment in uh, Voyager in um, Death Wish where um, Tuvok is speaking to the other Q- to the second Q, mm-hmm. the one that wants to kill himself, and, you know, he... Um, he asks, like, do they have, uh, do Qs have weaknesses? And he goes, oh, we do, ah, very clever. <laughs> it almost lets it slip. Yeah. It's actually very interesting, because it's the only series where you actually see a Vulcan interact with a Q. Yeah. Although we see Data interact with Q quite a bit in the main generation. This is true. So, so ultimately... And even John Delancey admitted, when Gene Roddenberry was writing Q, there was there had to be either a conscious or subconscious channeling of Trelane when he created the character. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there are a lot of similarities. Yeah, although Q has better special effects, but that's just a budget thing. And well, yeah, that's also thirty years later, of course. So, but the fandom noticed. It noticed so hard that in several of the several of the Star Trek books. Trelane is revealed to be a member of the Q continuum, where the main Q is being his, played by John Delancey, assigned as his mentor. They even stopped short of calling uh, Trelane as Q's direct son, but Q won't outright admit it to Picard, and Picard, does, admittedly, for, to his credit, doesn't push the point. He probably also doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about your family affairs, Q. So... No, this was definitely, I mean, whether or not it actually did, this character influenced the creation of Q, which he probably did. There's way too many similarities for oh, there not to be some no kidding. connection. But honestly, like, even before, like, I guarantee the people who were huge fans of the show when they first saw Q, like, it was a nice treat for them. Like, oh, they're bringing back something, you know, different from the original series. And it's definitely, you know, a different type of way to meet a superior, a quote-unquote, superior being. Because usually when they find them, it's, oh, I'm better than you, I'm smarter than you, blah, blah, blah. But in this one, the character is odd. They're confused by him because they think, oh, he's just messing with with us with a machine. But then they start seeing he actually has powers, but he's still, start, he's still acting goofy. Like, he's not acting like a, I'm better than you, superior being. And then they find out why. You know, it's a nice twist at the end to find out that he's basically a child. Right. Just a child with the power to move a planet around. Now, this was referenced later in Futurama, as we mentioned before, when Melvar, <laughs> the energy blob created for that show, is is basically is implied to be the same thing, except – how do they put it? He's, he's not, not a, a child. child. He's, he's 34. 34. Yeah. This was the episode um, where no fan has gone before, and uh, this was – Awesome. It was, this was it was so, much as they 
a tribute to Trekkies as it was a mockery. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of my favorite moments was they were all, like, all the Trekkies were sacrificed, were, uh, what was it, executed in the way most befitting virgins. And they, they throw each guy into a volcano and go, he's dead, Jim. <laughs> he's dead, Jim. <laughs> that was great. And thus began the great my, uh, war of Star Trek fans, the Star Trek Wars. Wait, I thought that was the Star Wars Trek. No, that was the vast migration of Star Wars fans. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's, that whole episode was just a love letter to Star Trek, oh, with, no especially when Melvar first appears. They're like, oh my god, it's a crappy effect! I am not a crappy effect! This episode was definitely... It's it's good... I don't think it's a good introductory episode if you're introducing someone new to the series. Yeah, I'll agree to that. But it's ultimately... It's a good episode. Yeah. It definitely lays foundations I, for what would come later and Q being much... Ultimately much better written. Yeah, and also Q re- starts reappearing in other episodes. One thing we definitely have to give credit to, though, is the actor that plays Trelane, uh, William Campbell. He is really good. Oh, no doubt of that. He definitely. I, I have a feeling another person wouldn't have been able to put as much life into this character as he well, did. Well, short of John Delancey himself, but yeah. This is true. <laughs> I think John Delancey was a little too young at this point. Yeah. <laughs> no, William Campbell puts on a great performance as Trelane, and... Yeah, it's not an episode you should start the show with, but I would definitely mark it as like a must-see mm-hmm. out of the series. Obviously, you know, if you're looking for the best comedy episode of the show, yeah, go with Trouble with Tribbles. That episode's just hysterically funny. That, and, and if, it's it's so iconic, it got put in, they remade, well, they inserted it into a DS9 episode. Yes, which, oh my god, I love that DS9 episode. The Trials and Tribulations. Right. So, what do you want to... Co- uh, I think it's my turn to pick the next sci-fi. Yep, so... Who? That's an idea. The Doctor. Who? The Doctor. Who? You're starting to sound like an owl, Skippy. The one in the TARDIS, the Doctor. Oh, and what? what's his name? Well, the Doctor. But, oh. So... Oh, okay. It... Oh. <laughs> Next time, folks, we are going to cover the first episode of the Doctor Who relaunch, or resume, whatever you want to call it. And when it can pick back up in 2005 under the Ninth Doctor, played by Christopher Eccleston, Rose. Take care, everyone. See you next time. I wonder, my friends, was he really such an evil energy gas? He did give us eternal youth. 24-hour laundromat? A full assortment of rum, both spiced and regular. Truly, it was a paradise. And all you had to put up with was one really annoying Star Trek fan. Let's get the hell out of here. Hey, listeners. Love the show? Love listening to us goof around and have fun? Well, check us out at frustratedpodcast.com. We're in iTunes as the Frustrated Fans. So give us a listen. Give us a review. Give us a subscription and let us know how we're doing. Check out the forums. Take care, everyone.